There is something special about Christmas, isn't there? There's nothing like Christmas. I think it's more than the music. I think it's more than the lights. I think it's more than even the good food or even the people. I think at Christmas, something comes over us. I think at Christmas, it, Christmas awakens the longing of our hearts, the deep longings that we have, longings for love, longing for meaning, longing for purpose, longing for acceptance. And over this, I believe it also strikes a chord with us that there's a deep, deep longing for us that we want good to overcome evil. Right? Watch any good movie, right? When good overcomes evil, we want light to overcome darkness. And not only this year and the last couple of years, I think it's pretty obvious we want health to overcome sickness. Do I get an amen? Amen. We want health to overcome sickness. We want the good to overcome evil. We want light to overcome darkness. And so Christmas, I think, puts us into contact, direct contact with the very thing that meets that longing. And that something is actually someone, and that someone is Jesus. And so that's who we're focusing on tonight. He is the one that meets our deepest longings. Jesus, the one who came to be with us, the one who came to be with us in a surprising way. And we have a gift. We have the gift of this Christmas Eve service to slow down for a moment. No matter where we're coming from, whether we're here in person or if you're joining us online, we have a moment to slow down to consider the meaning and significance of Jesus Christ. Now, for some of you, this is review. You may have been a follower of Christ all of your life or been a part of churches, this church or other churches your whole life. My prayer for you this whole week has been that God would refresh you with his grace as you see the meaning of Christmas with fresh eyes. For others of you, this may be your first time considering this. And I'm grateful that you're here. I'm grateful that you've joined us online. Because in doing so, you, my prayer is that you would see this amazing grace, this gift, this gift that God wants to give to you, the gift of himself. Now, for others of you, you might have heard the message of Christianity, but written it off a long time ago. Uh, perhaps you're skeptical. Perhaps you're agnostic, even an atheist. And maybe someone dragged you here tonight or someone's forcing you to watch this on the couch and you're not allowed to open gifts until you sit through this. I'm glad you're here too. I've sat through some things I didn't want to sit through and sometimes it surprised me. My prayer for you is that God would surprise you with his grace because God has a way of surprising us. I think God has something for all of us as we slow down to look at the meaning and significance of Jesus Christ, specifically here at Christmas. And so we heard early, earlier before, through some of the readings, descriptions of this Jesus. And in one of the accounts of Jesus' life and his teachings, in the Gospel of Matthew, we heard these words from Matthew one twenty one, that she, meaning Mary, will give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Here's a description of this Jesus. Here's a description of his birth. Earlier in that passage, and or as part of that passage, it was known as Emmanuel, which means God with us. That Jesus was the promised Messiah, the Son of God who came to be with us to save us from our sins. Jesus, even his name, the Hebrew equivalent in the Old Testament of the name Joshua, which means the Lord saves. Meaning that we need to be saved from something. And here in this account in Matthew, we read that Jesus came to save us from our sins. Right, this baby boy who was born nearly 2,000 years ago came in a surprising way with a surprising mission. 
And his mission was to save us from our sins. In many ways, to save us from something that we couldn't get out of on our own. When I think about that, I think about the game of tag. When, you're, when you play the game of tag as a kid, or maybe some of you still play as adults, I don't know, but when you play the game of tag as a kid, when you get tagged, you get put in jail. And you can't get out unless someone comes to set you free. I love the game of tag. I've always loved the game of tag. Whether one-on-one, -on -one, you tag the other person, they're it, and they come chase after you. Or with a bunch of friends, you tag each other, or and you introduce a jail. But my favorite way to play tag as a kid was team tag. When you have one team that would go hide, and another team would count to, say, 100, and go chase after the other team. And when you would chase after the other team, if you tag someone, they would go into jail, and they would have to stay there until someone would come and tag them out. Now, I've, one of my favorite memories was playing team tag. Back then, we called it Manhunt. Anyone ever play Manhunt? What a great name for a game that I see up there, right? Manhunt. I remember the time that we played, it was, I'll call him Tim, my friend Tim. He has a different name. I want to hold his, uh, his identity secret. He might even be in the room tonight. But the fact that Tim, at his house, we set up to play. And I'll never forget that I was selected as a captain. And with that, I had the first pick. And so I looked at all of my friends, and there was Tim. Tim was the fastest, most athletic, and bold of all of them. And so I picked him first. It was like the first-round draft pick. I picked him. The other captain picked another person. We started going back and forth, back and forth. And I soon realized at the end of picking, I was going to end up with the slowest friend. In fact, I'll call him Don. Don not only was a slow runner, he actually had just injured his knee and was limping around. I thought, great, if I get Don on my team, he's clearly going to get caught. Will we go rescue him? I don't know, too much analysis. We started playing the game. And so there it was, our team left, right? And the other team started counting to 100. Embarrassingly, quickly into the game, I got caught, tagged, put in jail. And so did another person. We were standing there waiting, and we're like, who is going to set us free? Looking down the street, I could still see the street light underneath the street light. There was Tim in the distance. He was the fast one. He was the athletic one. He was the one who's going to come and set us free. So he started coming down the street. Two of the other team, two on the other team were guarding us. One took off running after Tim. Tim kept getting closer. Eventually, the other guard took a risk and left, thinking if they surrounded Tim, get him, and they win the game. When the second guard, as soon as the second guard left to go after Tim, to the left, across the street, I can still picture it, out of a big, thick tree, came limping Don across the street, quietly tagged us free, and we were out. I remember as we ran down behind a house and said, how did you work that up? He said, it was actually a plan that we had. Tim was a decoy. Because I was the one to come and set you free. Now, as I think about that story, and it's a real story, as it happened, as Don set us free, it makes me think actually of Christmas in some strange way that God sent an unexpected person to set us free. Not a big, boisterous ruler, not the rich and powerful, but a baby born in Bethlehem in a manger, an unexpected surprise savior, the one who came to be with us to save us. Now, all of us keep playing with the metaphor all of us have been tagged in a different kind of way. We've been tagged by what the Bible describes as sin. Sin is when we disobey God by what we do or fail to do. And when we sin, all of us end up in something like a jail, which is a broken relationship with God. 
All of us, none of us are immune of this. All of us have a broken relationship with God. But the good news of the Bible, the good news of Christianity, the good news of Christmas is that God didn't leave us on our own. He didn't leave us in that jail. He sent his one and only son to set us free. And he did it in an unexpected, surprising way. A description of this, of Jesus' mission, is found in another one of the early writings in Christianity about Jesus' life and ministry. It's in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, 45. Jesus, describing himself, said, This is what the Son of Man has done. He came to serve, not to be served, and then to give away his life in exchange for many who are held hostage. That's in the message translation. Here we read that Jesus came to serve. He didn't come to be served. God, who's in heaven, who came to be with us, could have easily said, wash my feet. No, Jesus is the one who washed his disciples' feet. It shows that God is a God of humility. He wasn't a loud, boisterous leader. He wasn't rich and famous. He was born in a manger to a poor peasant's family. An unexpected, surprising Savior. And why did he do it? Read in this verse in Mark that he came to set free those who were held hostage. Held hostage because of a broken relationship with God that only could be repaired by God. We couldn't put that relationship back together. We couldn't restore that. Only God could. But also held it hostage by all kinds of things that we try to keep hidden from everyone else. Whether it's how we've hurt other people by what we've said or done. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's something that we can't get ourselves out of. Whatever that is for you, I don't know what that is. All of us have something that we wish we could change. And maybe we've tried to change. Maybe we've tried to change others. But we've tried to, if we tried to change ourselves, and we realize we can't do it. We've tried. We've tried everything. We've read all the books. We've read all the, listened to the podcasts. We've done the blogs, gone to the training, tried a new diet, whatever it takes. When we realize we can't change ourselves and we're trapped, that's when God says, here I am. I came to set you free. I've come to help you, and you're not alone. I think all of us have something that we can say that we've struggled with. I'm going to be open with you tonight. Some of you I don't even know. One of my biggest struggles throughout my whole life has been anger. Anger. Those of some of you who know me well may actually wonder how that's the case, since I tend to be a positive, pretty smiley, happy guy. But honestly, anger has been a massive issue in my life. It goes back to my childhood. I mean, growing up in a family with a dad who would vent his anger on me all the time. I felt like all the time. Now, years have gone by. I have compassion for my dad. I have a disabled younger sister. And there's lots of tension, lots of energy needed to be put into that relationship. But as a child, whenever I messed up, my dad would get angry at me. And therefore, when I started growing up and started running into situations, I found myself dealing with anger. And I couldn't change it. And I realized that the more that I tried to stuff it down, the more it found its way out in other ways. Sometimes by venting my anger on people, sometimes by just stuffing it down and holding it in. And that never led to good things. I had to turn to God and say, God, I need help. I'm trapped. I need you to come set me free. What has God taught me? He's taught me that anger could be a strange gift. That it's a way to realize that something is wrong. And as opposed to stuffing it down and ignoring it or venting it on people without thinking, let that drive me to God and say, God, what do you want me to do? Give it to him and let him make it right. And then ask him, what do you want want me to do in light of what you are doing? That's allowed me to enter into some conflict and tensions in a more healthy way than I did years ago. 
I don't know what it is for you tonight on this Christmas. Whatever, where you find yourself held captive, where you can't change yourself. But the good news of Christmas is God doesn't stay far away and say, clean yourself up and then come up to heaven. God came to be with us in Jesus Christ in the most surprising, unexpected way to set us free. The great verse, John 3.16, sums up the message of the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That God gave, you talk about Christmas, you talk about a gift. He gave his one and only son. And Jesus gave his life away on the cross, dying on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins. To, to, to remove everything that stands between us and God and to remove everything that stands between us and other people. He died for the forgiveness of our sins. Why? So we can have life, eternal life, life to the ages, true life. And that's not just heaven after we die. That life begins right here, right now, where we surrender our life to God and say, God, I can't change myself, but you can. God, I can't, but you can. As we believe and trust that this is who God is and what Jesus has done and who he is, the promise of God is that he can set you free. It's a process. It doesn't happen with a snap of the finger. God's not a microwave God. He doesn't get it done in 30 seconds. But he does as we surrender our lives to him and trust over time. Jesus came in a surprising way to set us free from everything, from everything that keeps us from God and everything that keeps us from being all that God has created us to be. That's the message of Christmas. That's the good news of Jesus Christ. That's the good news of the Bible. Our role is to respond to that gift. Probably a bunch of these under different trees, maybe in your home or places you're visiting. Right, this gift is fine looking at it, but right here it's just, just a rectangle with wrapping paper and a bow, a little thing on top. It doesn't, it's not really a gift until you actually receive it and open it. If this were to sit under the tree and not be touched, it, would, it wouldn't be a gift. It's only when you take it, receive it, and open it. That's when it becomes the gift. That's when there's joy. God offers himself as that gift. And his offer to you tonight, this Christmas 2021, is for you to receive that gift. Maybe you've never received the gift that God has to offer you in Jesus Christ. He offers himself to you. He says, take this gift, receive it, open it. I want to give you life, life in Christ. He wants to set you free. He wants to repair that broken relationship between God and you. And he wants to help you be set free from whatever it is in your life that you know that you cannot change on your own. God wants to set you free. He's, it's like, come, it's like you're in jail and tag. And he's tagged you. Now it's your choice. You've heard this good news. He's tagged you. You could stay in jail. You could say, I don't want to, I don't want to go. I'm going to stay right here in jail. Or you could run and run free. He wants you to run free. He wants you to run into 2022 in renewed freedom. And that's his gift to you. And I want to help you embrace that gift. New Providence Presbyterian Church wants to help you embrace that gift. If this is your home church, we're here for you. If you're visiting with us and you don't have a home church and you live in the area, I invite you to make this your home. Come home to us. If you're visiting from out of town and you need encouragement and you don't have a church home, I invite you to join us online. Our goal, our hope, and our desires as a church family is that you would know Jesus Christ. 
not just go to church, not just have the right ideas about God, but to truly relate to this God who loves you immensely, so much that he came to be with us to set us free. And he did it in an unexpected and surprising way. Receive the gift of Jesus. Receive the gift that God has for you this Christmas. If you have any questions about that, I'd love to talk to you. I'm sure that Mike Flavin, Colleen, our pastoral staff, we love, our elders and deacons would love to talk to you. We're in this together. Life is hard, isn't it? We're not living in a pretty world right now. There's a lot more sickness going on than COVID. There's a lot of hurtful things happening. We need to come together in the name of Christ. He is the one who could set us free. Let's look to him. Let me pray. Let me pray for you. God, we look to you with fresh eyes this Christmas. We ask for those fresh eyes. God, thank you for the miracle of Christmas, the surprising gift of Jesus who came in the most unexpected way. And I pray for every single person who's heard this message. God, you know what they're going through. You know their story. God, you know where they've either run from you or where they're hiding from you. God, you're not mad at them. You love them. You want them to come home. I pray that they would hear this, this good news tonight and they would receive that gift. I pray that they would Talk to someone about that gift. Find, find out more of what this means. Whatever role I can play in that, whatever role New Providence Presbyterian Church can play in that, show us that so that every single person can know this gift more deeply. Thank you again for Christmas. Thank you for Jesus. We thank you for all this in his powerful name, and we pray this in his name. Amen. Amen.